Hallöchen and welcome! It's your favorite podcast hosts, Joanna and Olivia. Wherever you're tuning in from, we are welcoming you here to our podcast, Air Castles, where we talk about topics related to culture and just exchange things we researched. And for today, our topic is... Olivia, do you want to sing it to us? Oh, no. I always sing it. <laughs> and, then it's, and then I cringe when I edit. I, I guess I guess then I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to try, but I'm not going to okay. try to properly sing. Spoiler. I don't know about you, but I'm feeling... <laughs> exactly. It's up to us to fill in the blanks. Mm -hmm. What are we feeling? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. What are we feeling? Are we feeling 70? Are we feeling 20? Are we feeling 15? Anyway, so, yeah. Um, what's my age? Uh, yeah. What's my age again? Well, actually, speaking speaking of age and Joanna's age, um, this is the last podcast that we're recording before your birthday. Uh, obviously, it's going to be a bit off from when we post this. But as far as recording goes, it's just about to be Joanna's birthday. So um, what kind of cake are you going to eat? Oh, that's actually a really difficult question because I know which cake I'm going to eat, but I only know the German term for it because it's a very specific <laughs> cake. I see. Um, yeah, so basically, I can describe it. Um, so my mom's going to... because. Actually, my birthday, as we're recording this, is tomorrow. Um, all of you can guess now how old I am, even though I think I mentioned it in the first episode. Um, yeah, so my mom is making kind of like a custard-filled cake with like Ooh. a chocolate base. Oh, I'm really excited. Oh, yeah. I'm really excited. Can you send me a piece? <laughs> I, I don't think you want to eat it as soon as it arrives. I don't think you want to. Oh, man. I think you underestimate We're a whole loaf of cake. continent apart, Olivia. <laughs> Come on. It's it's 2020. We should be able to to air airmail cake to our international friends by now. I mean, <laughs> Flying cars. I get why we don't have flying cars, but I want food safe instantaneous international the thing meal. is you actually can do that because i don't know if you know about that but um there's this cake in a glass um basically in a jar and when you bake it you bake it in a jar and then you close it as soon as you're done while it's still hot and then it's supposed to last for about four weeks five weeks do you do that in the u.s i wonder no i've never heard of that but to be honest like but the baking culture here is different i think because um what i heard is you do a lot with baking mixes like baking powders and stuff like that in the u.s um like in a like you buy a box yeah. and it has the mix in it and then you add the oil and the eggs and the water and you mix it all together yeah. and it's like bam instant cake right you do that a lot right Yeah, I mean, I do, because I'm a lazy sack, but <laughs> people, uh, other people will, will make homemade cake, you okay. know. My roommate likes making homemade okay. cakes. Because I only have the reference of a friend of mine who studied in, um, or did a uh, year abroad in the US, and she mentioned that it was quite different in terms of, like, because she went there and she told me afterwards that people said, yeah, I made a cake, but they used a baking mix. And in Austria, like, you would mm -hmm. never say you made the cake when you used the baking mix. Like, you would say, I made the cake, yes, oh. but I used the baking mix. Like, you would clarify it, you know. 
Yeah, yeah. But yeah, so yeah, <laughs> that's it. But it's so nice that you thought about it, that you thought of it, of me turning old tomorrow. <laughs> You're not turning old. We're young. Yeah. We're full of life. We're full of youth, as you said before. We don't need knee replacements yet. So, but, oh, I have a good, I have a good introduction to my topic today. So oh. I told you to, <laughs> all the listeners should think of my age. Um, no, I'm not turning 27 um so basically tomorrow i'm turning oh i'm turning 21 and i just realized it's the big age in america in austria it just doesn't mean yes. anything <laughs> but i'm turning 21 oh, that's true Damn. yeah <laughs> yeah so um but the thing is wow I, I really never thought of that i joked with um our friend hunter from japan we joked about it because kind of like the introduction to this topic also how because we're talking about age today and so i thought what kind of age topic can i think about like i had something specifically in mind because first of all when i went to japan um i was 19 and the funny thing is in austria the legal drinking age for at least wine and beer is 16 which is really young and so i had the legal drinking age in austria for like three years and then i went to japan and i was like oh I'm not allowed to drink here. I'm not allowed to drink or smoke here. Like I, I was legal. Like it was legal to do that back home for like three years for me, and then that was the case. And then I turned twenty there in Japan, and me and Hunter, like we always joked about because I turned legal drinking age technically a second time in my life, um, in a country because I, I was there. For, I've been in Japan for three months after I turned legal drinking age, so I had to wait three months until I was legally allowed to drink there. And then Hunter and I always right. joked about me having to go to America for my 21st birthday so that I can turn legal <laughs> drinking age the third time in my life. For a third time. But I missed it. I missed it. I'm not sitting next to Olivia right now, sadly. I'm sorry. <laughs> it'll, be, it'll happen. It'll happen. But not at the age of 21. <sighs> no, that's true. But anyway, so that was one of the um, kind of like age situations I encountered in Asia. And the other one, which kind of um, started this whole topic I'm talking about, is while I was still 19, I was um, visiting a friend who was studying abroad in South Korea. And I went to Seoul and we were just talking about, you know, legal drinking age. And we were talking about how the legal drinking age is 20 in South Korea and in Japan. And I was like, yeah, no, I'm not allowed to drink in Japan and I'm not allowed to drink in Korea, Korea either. As I'm 19, I, I was 19 at the day, uh, at the time. And my friend was like, no, you're allowed to drink here. And I was like, I am 19. The legal <laughs> drinking age is 20. But the thing <laughs> is, in Korea, you're usually about one year older. Like they calculate age differently. So I actually, at the age of 19, I was technically 20 in Korea, in Korean age and was allowed to drink there and that was like the first time i encountered the korean age system and at first i didn't believe my friend but it's true i researched it <laughs> and i'm going to talk about it today <laughs> okay okay so the thing is um it's not actually like i mean nowadays it is kind of like the korean age system but it all originated um in china and it was called the east asian age um, and it was it was quite common, like Japan, China, and Korea used it. And yeah, so I'm gonna explain. Yeah, 
like I'm <laughs> what's it I'm gonna explain what what it's about sorry I can't multitask I just read yes. my notes <laughs> so, it's okay you're good <laughs> it's a mood <laughs> so it originated in China and is obviously very different from the western um, system because as you're born you are one year old when you're born so first of all that's the big difference and the second difference is um like you don't turn a year older on your actual birthday you turn a year older each Chinese New Year. And so that's the traditional way of calculating the East Asian age is um, that every Chinese New Year, which um, is calculated by the lunar calendar and the lunar calendar is the moon calendar. Um, and it's like we, I would say the Western countries use the Gregorian calendar, which which is the basic one with like months and like January, February, etc. So the lunar calendar um, calculates months, I can't talk anymore, based on um, the moon, basically. So a month usually has like, I think it was 29 and a half days. Um, Oh, okay. And it changes, like Chinese New Year is not like a set date, like January 1st for, you know, Western New Year. Um, But it ranges from January, January 21st until January 20th. Like, it's always in between those two dates. And for example, this year was January 25th. And next year, in 2021, um, Chinese New Year will be February 12th. And oh, okay. Yeah, so it's just a different calculation. And what I wanted to mention is, um, even though China, China celebrates the Chinese New Year or lunar new year based on the lunar calendar but they do use the gregorian calendar like in daily in their daily lives but it's kind of like the lunar calendar was the traditional calendar so a lot of like chinese traditions or holidays are based off that calendar but they use the gregorian calendar like any other country um yeah so that's where it all originated um right now it's not they don't really use it anymore in China or in Japan, as far as I found out. Um, the only country that really like consistently has used it in the past couple of years um, as well is the are the South Koreans, and that's why it's called why it's called the Korean age um, nowadays. Like you you would say my Korean age is, for example, for me it's twenty two now because I'm turning twenty one. Um, yeah, I already said that in international age. Yeah, in international age though. Um, but I'm already right. 22 in Korean age, which is funny because right now, as of today, I'm still 20 in international age. But yeah, so tomorrow, the difference, the age difference from my international and Korean age is going to be uh, become smaller and only be one year. Um, yeah, so Japan and China kind of adapted to international age. Um, in Japan, it was actually like they, I think they set the law into place in 1902. Um, but they kind of changed and like adapted it uh, through the whole country in the 1960s. And it was kind of the same in China. So other fun, like interesting things um, I read about it. First of all, in case any of you want to calculate your own Korean age, um, the official like calculation you can find online is always um, the current year, which would be 2020 plus one year. Minus the year you were born in. And I think that sounds really complicated if you say it like that. So (laughs) (laughs) the way I always do it, which is my unofficial way, is think about what year are you turning this year. For example, 
I'm turning 21 this year, which means my Korean age is 22. Next year, I'm turning 22, which means my Korean age in the whole year of 2021 will be 23, like plus one, like based on like you say, which year am I, uh, which age am I going to turn in that specific year, international age. Right. And then that whole age applies for the whole year, first of all. And then you do plus one to figure out your Korean age. Yeah, and you got to look forward to when when or what age you're turning. So even if I'm turning 22 in August, yeah. right, or 21 in August or November, the point is if I'm turning 21 in the year 2020, then my Korean age is 22. Even in January. Even in January of that right. year. Right. Exactly. Right. Okay. Got it. Um, and so <laughs> the thing is, I also stumbled across the question. First of all, I want to mention, I didn't say South Korea by accident. Like I s- specifically said South Korea because North Korea apparently doesn't really use it anymore. The Korean age system. Um, from what I could found, find out online, North Korea does still use the Korean age in terms of like if you would pass by a person on the street, they would tell you your their Korean age. But like for all of the official matters, it would be the international age. For example, if you would apply for a job, like to be professional, you say your international age, if that makes sense. Um, but once again, North Korea is kind of like a specific topic. So, um, right. Yeah. But in South Korea, it's also, um, they also use international age in certain aspects of their daily life. Also in the, all of the legal stuff. Um, for example, um, age of consent or yeah, like legal stuff like that. Like the age of consent is based on your actual birthday and your international age. Um, however, as bri- uh, briefly mentioned before, the age where you're allowed to drink alcohol and uh, smoke is based on the Korean age. So it's 20 in Korean age when you're allowed to smoke and drink there. That's interesting that they would make that um, distinction. Right. That sometimes legally it's dependent on one age and sometimes legally it's dependent on the other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't know why. Yeah, I really don't know why, but <laughs> but it is like that. And it's so funny because it was quite, like, it was quite difficult to, not difficult, but it was a bit confusing when I googled, um, based on my own interest, like, the legal age to drink alcohol and smoke, because I had the encounter before um, with my friend. And if you google it, it always says straight away 19. But if you look further into it, you find out that they always just state 19 because if you Google it in English, you know, the probability is high of you wanting to know it in international age. But a, but it is right. Korean age, 20. Um, 20. Okay. So, but yeah, if you would t- tell your mom about, mom about it, you would probably say 19 because she's probably not familiar with the Korean age concept. Um, so yeah, um, that's that. And what I also thought of is what I think is so interesting, because I kept asking myself um, why they didn't really adapt the international age. I mean, I don't know. Like, I just stumbled across a paragraph, basically, which stated something. And I, I was like, oh, yeah, I totally get it now. So what I read about is um, they kind of brought the whole 
uh, respecting elders thing into the mix when I read an article. Because if you don't know, we briefly talked about the Korean language before, but there are a lot of like honorifics to use. And as far as I know, so in Korean, first of all, like the way you talk is like you have to talk very respectfully, like in a respectful language within the Korean language um, to elder people, to people who are older than you, not even like old people, but like to everyone who's older than you. And you could also read online, which is really interesting. Like in the West, in some countries, it's a taboo to, you know, ask a woman her age or ask anyone their age. But in Korea, usually they ask it like on the first encounter when you meet someone because you need to figure out how to properly address them, you know, in order to not be rude. So age is a really vital part in their communication because the respect for older people is so well integrated into their culture that they... um, you know, that it's important for them to know if they're speaking to an elder person. And what I, I, I'm pretty sure that in Korean, once again, like you address elder people differently, you address, and you address people of the same age and people who are younger than you differently. And so that's just my attempt to make sense of this. But what I can imagine is, you know, it's, it's very vital if you have someone of the same age in Korea like like you talk to them differently so if you don't use the Korean age system you would never have anyone who is the same age as you do because right now like I have the same age in Korean age as any other person who was born in 1999 but if they get rid of the or if they don't use the Korean age system anymore no one would have the right. same age as I do because no one or or basically the only person having the same age that I have is probably the person who has the same birthday as me. But then it's also like based on interpretation, whether you want to be spot on with the time of birth, you know, but. Right. Yeah, because I was definitely thinking, you know, more in terms of like, like by the school year type of difference mm-hmm. where it's like, if you would have been in the same grade as me, like we would have been in the same grade. So even though I'm technically what? like, a month older than you or whatever, you know, I would, like, I would consider us to be the same age because we would have been kind of in the same peer group pretty much our whole lives. That's always what I would have, would have gone off by. Like, would you, would you have been my upperclassman if we were in school? Then I'll consider you older, right? Mm. But if it's just because, you know, you were born in October and I was born in January, right? You know, then it's like we're the same age, whatever. Exactly. <laughs> but it's true. I mean, I, I wouldn't have thought of that, I guess. Yeah, and I just so stumbled across it and it made so much things. sense that it's difficult to, you know, not use the Korean age system anymore because it's it's a vital part of the language as well. Yeah, so that's very, very, very interesting. I think uh, I think seeing how everything connects, you know, <laughs> gets me excited. Yeah, yeah. Um, another thing I forgot to mention is a fun fact I wrote down. I feel like fun fact is one of the things, you know, um, you know, these games where it's like take a shot every time and me and my friend always do like, always joke about it. Like when someone says a specific phrase over and over again, we say, you said that again, take a shot off water because we're staying hydrated. (laughs) We always say that. What good children you are. Yeah. (laughs) No, we're just we're just good citizens. I mean, you're not a bad citizen if you drink, but like we're we're responsible because we're staying hydrated. That's what it is. We're taking care of ourselves. Um, so I guess 
fun fact is for my like for this podcast is my take a shot of water every time you hear it um <laughs> anyway fun fact <laughs> um if a career i'll take i'll take a sip of my water actually. do it <laughs> so if a korean baby is for example oh i also forgot to mention that right now um nowadays as far as i could research it they don't even use the chinese new year to switch the age in korea anymore like nowadays it's more common to use the traditional new year like on january 1st everyone is turning one year older um the kind of the oh, okay. chinese lunar system was kind of the old system but in korea they adapted it to the international new year at least um that's what i read online so <laughs> there were a couple of examples online like if a korean baby um is born on december 31st of a year you know technically it's one year old when it's born you know and like just two hours later if it's born at like 11 p.m that night it can be two years old because it's the next year you know <laughs> So you can literally oh be gosh. two years of age and only be like two minutes old in international oh age. Oh my gosh, that's so whack. Isn't it? That's so weird to think about. Oh, a little newborn, a little newborn baby. And you're like, yeah, he's two years old. That's fine. And also um, another thing that I just want to mention it because I thought it was so interesting. Um, in one article I read, they just stated like, I don't know why they stated it, but I thought it was interesting. Um, they mentioned that in China, you celebrate like different birth, not birthdays, but like specific dates you celebrate. Um, for example, in China, you celebrate when a child is one month old in terms of like one lunar month old, because that kind of says, oh, okay. you know, like you survived that. And in Korea, they celebrate the first hundred days of the baby. And I just stumbled across that and I thought it was so interesting mm. to see that that's a tradition in those two countries to like celebrate these specific dates you know right so like in korea in that way the birthday still does matter a bit because that's how you calculate the 100 days yeah. it's not 100 days from the new year no i i oh like as far as i know they also still um first of all yes it's the 100 days um from the um birthday but in this case it was more about like that was kind of like a statistic or something like that in terms of uh, child survival rates and like if you pass the hundred days it's a very good like statistically seen like the probabilities high right. for child you're gonna to survive. survive yes so that's right. why they celebrate that one and they do still i think koreans do celebrate their birthdays they do but you're technically not turning older if that makes sense but it's still like right. hey it's your birthday right. happy birthday but you already turned that age I just think it's so interesting how age differs so much around the world because as mentioned before like Japan is the illegal drinking age of 20 like in America I think you can vote at the age of 18 right yes mm -hmm. and I just think it's so crazy I always thought that that like I'm I've, I've been allowed to drink for such a long time in Austria and legally like in America I would only be allowed to drink from tomorrow on you know and I think it's so right, crazy yeah. how 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 it, how different it is around the world, you know. Yeah, and I mean, you kind of experienced this right when you left Austria and went to Japan, but it was definitely really weird to go to Japan, turn legal, be able to drink, 
and then had to come back to America for another year and then wait another year before I could drink again. That must be so weird. I mean, and it it is also weird because in Japan, uh, I'd actually be curious to know about how Korea handles this, but I know they're not very strict with um, the drinking age in Japan. Like, I definitely could have drank before I turned 20 if I had wanted to. Um, I got carded, I think, once the entire time I was there within the, what, five months we were there. Mm -hmm. Um, So they're not, I think they're, what our friend said, that they're a lot stricter about carding for clubs. They'll card you for clubs, but like if you just order a a alcoholic beverage at a restaurant or something, you probably won't get carded. Um, But do you know how strict they are in Korea with that kind of stuff? To be honest, no, I really don't. Wow, my brain is overheating. <laughs> <laughs> you and me both, man. Yeah, so basically just incredible. And also that you were like, meanwhile, that's what I think is so in- like crazy. You're allowed to drive at the age of 16, like a car. I mean, here in Austria, the thing is you're legally allowed to drive at the age of 18, but you can do like a pre pre-test, I guess where you're required to drive a specific amount of kilometers with your parent at the um in the shotgun what's what's the seating the drive no not the driver's seat yeah yeah the the passenger seat seat. yeah yeah (laughs) shotgun (laughs) passenger seat um so you have to drive a specific amount of kilometers and then if you do that you can get your license at the age of 17 but you really only do that if you have a lot of time and very nice parents I did it, um, <laughs> but yeah, you see, but like the legal age is technically 18 and then you're like, you know, you're allowed to drive at the age of 16 in America while you're only allowed to yeah, drink well, at 21. We, we have a similar system because I think you can qualify to get your permit, which is the same thing. That's the where you can drive as long as you have a, a parent or guardian mm-hmm. in the car with you. Um, and you fulfill a certain amount of hours before you take your test. You can't take, you can't get your license until you're 16, but you can get your permit as early as I think 14 years and six months or something. Like once you're maybe 21 or nine, what was it? What's math? 18 months, (laughs) 18 months before your 16th birthday, I think is like when you can start, uh, when you can qualify to get your permit or something like that. Oh my God. Um, so many dots in my in my head just connected because I always heard Americans talk about permits or licenses. I never I never understood that it was a different thing. So permit is something yeah. that, oh my god. It all makes sense. At now. least specifically with with driving. Yeah. Now yeah, no, no, I I'm referring to driving. For a lot of other things. But yes, yes. Oh my god. There you go. Wow. We're learning so much, guys. <laughs> anyway, yeah age it's a weird thing it's a really weird it is thing. that's basically everything i looked up for today olivia and i'm really excited to hear oh, great. what your what kind of french thing you're talking about because you already spoiled me <laughs> it's gonna be french <laughs> yes yes i did um uh yes yeah, so mine does have to do with with french with france very specifically i want to talk about uh jeanne louise Carmel, right? Did I get it right? Yes, I was. Yes. Okay, Carmel. <laughs> so okay. we were talking about the pronunciation. Jean Louise. 
And you're like, I don't know who this person is. I don't know. It was the Colmall, right? Yeah. Col- yes. Col- Colmall. Yeah. Because um, I was looking at, anyway, at the... So, sorry, I was looking at the names. That's why I got confused. I was like... Oh, got it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, and you're maybe asking yourself, well, who is this lady? She is, uh, according to the Guinness Book of World <gasps> Records, this is how they specify it, she is the greatest fully authenticated or she has the greatest fully authenticated age to which any human has ever lived, which is 122 years and 164 days. Is she alive? No. She was born in 1875 and died in 1997. Oh, wow. 122 was that? 122 years, yes. That's 101 years, 102 years still older than I am. That's that's a whole person. <laughs> That's more than a whole person. Yes. Yes. Uh, I guess she would have been 123 years if uh, she was Korean. <laughs> Tying things in. That was amazing, Olivia. <laughs> Maybe she should have moved to Korea. <laughs> Could have boosted up her street credit. <laughs> Unfortunately, I don't think Guinness would have gone by a Korean age. I mean, she could have tried. <laughs> yeah, would have would have been worth a shot. Okay, so I'm going to get into her early days. So she was born February 21st, 1875, in uh, Arles, France. Her father was Nicolas uh, Carmel, who was a shipbuilder, and his her mother was Marguerite. Uh, oh shoot! This is another name I should <laughs> ask to you. Um, Gil, Gil, Gile, Gile. How do you like spell that? it? G I L L E S. Gil. I would say Gil. Gil. We're just gonna say it. it's the only time I'm gonna say it. It's really not worth spending this much time on. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so Nicholas is her father. Marguerite is her mother, and then she had one older bo- brother named Francois who lived. Um, and they all, all, everyone in her, like, biological family lived to quite an old age. Her father lived to be 93, her mother lived to be 86, and her brother lived to be 97. Also, you have to think of the fact that she was born in 18-something. So that's an old right. age for a father to get because he was born even earlier. Yeah, and uh, life life expectancy, right, yeah. is not, not the same as it is now, so... Yes, yeah, so to give some more perspective on the year 1875, this was six years uh, after War and Peace was published by uh, Tolstoy. Um, one year before the telephone was patented by Alexander Graham Bell. And it was 12 years before the Eiffel Tower began construction and 14 years before the Eiffel Tower was finished. I didn't know that all of this happened at that time. <laughs> So it kind of gives you, so she's, yeah, she's older than the telephone, way older than the Eiffel Tower, obviously experienced both world wars. Um, Yeah, so pretty, pretty wacky. Also, um, apparently she met Van Gogh at one point when he was in Arda to paint um, and she remembered him not very well. She said he was ugly as sin, (laughs) had a vile temper and smelled of booze. The shade being thrown. Wait a second. Yeah, not a Van Gogh fan. Mama, <laughs> ich nehme gerade auf. 
ganz schlimm. Was denn? Du kriegst ein Gesicht von Augen schon, ob du so viel beweist. Ich lache einfach nur so viel. Bitte nicht verstören. Sorry, my mom was interrupting because she thought I was crying, but I was laughing the whole time. <laughs> she was like, I wanted to, because I didn't tell her that I would, I would be recording. And she was like, I was, I was worried of you, like, whether you cried because I heard some noises. And I was like, no, mom, I'm laughing. It's so cute. I'm letting you know right now I'm not editing that at all. That's staying. Your mom is so cute. It was, I, I was like, okay, can you please be quiet now? She's like, yeah, yeah, I'm just so relieved. I'm, I'm going to go now. <laughs> Sorry, keep going. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, let's see, where am I? Okay, so, uh, so Jean married Fernand Nicolas Carmont in 1896 when she was 21 and he was 28. Um, and yes, they had the same last name because they were distant cousins. They were like second or third cousins, mm -hmm. I want to say. Um, so her name didn't change, which I thought was interesting. <laughs> he was uh, very wealthy. He owned a drapery business. Um, so they he had this big old like fabric shop, I guess. And then there was a really, really nice apartment above the store. So that's where they lived. Um, and together they had one daughter named um, Yvonne Marie Nicole Carmel. Two years after they got married. So in 1898, Yvonne was married. Um I have no, again, I have no idea if I'm pronouncing this name right, but that's how we read it in English, so I'm just going to stick with it for now. Uh, let me see. Okay. So, in February 1926, when Yvonne was 28 and her mother, Jeanne, was 50, Yvonne married a military officer named Joseph uh, Bilo. B, 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 Bilo. Anyway, I don't know. <laughs> I, I can't read French, guys. Anyway, um, and then they had one son named Frederic, who was born in December of that same year, uh, 1926. So got, got the whole kind of, this is the family tree, and this will actually be important later. Um, but unfortunately, as you can guess, she outlived her entire family. Um, oh. I mean, you can see it yeah, fortunately so this is, this is... and unfortunately. Right, but... I mean, that's definitely the, the worst part about old age, right? Mm. Um, and it, the worst thing is that it started with her daughter. So mm. um, Yvonne died in 1934 when on her 36th birthday. So uh, Jeanne was 58 at the time. Um, Yvonne died from pneumonia or pleurisy, which I heard pleurisy can come from pneumonia. So it just kind of depends on my source. Mm -hmm. But um, anyway, she died from an illness, which is really sad. So then Jen had to help raise her her grandson, Frederic. Um, and then a couple years later, in 1942, uh, Jen's husband, Fernand, died apparently of cherry poisoning. That's... I oh don't know. God. Olivia, do you have the game in America? There's this, oh my I, no, I don't so even know what you're talking about, but funny. I guarantee you we don't. Um, wait, how does it go? It's kind of like the lifelines you have left. It's like, and like in a game, I can't remember it properly, but there was like the lifelines. It's like the first step is eating cherries. The second step is having a stomach ache. No, the first stage is eating cherries, drinking water, having a stomach ache, going to the hospital, dying. <laughs> It just reminded me of that one. What? 
what game? I don't understand. It's, what are you talking it's, it's, about? It's the lifelines. Like, when you play a game, I think it was, like, the lifelines in terms of, like, oh, like, you lost one life. Like, now you, you just ate cherries. Like, it's advancing, you know? And and as you're playing the game, like, when you're doing something oh. wrong, for example. I think it was that way. But I remember it as being kind of, like, lifelines in a game. I think there was another, like, a corresponding game about cherry eating. But, like, maybe there was more to it, but I remember, like, the, the essence of it was that the cherry-eating thing was a lifeline thing. I, I can't guarantee that I didn't forget about any step, but it was, like, eating cherries, drinking water, getting a stomach ache, then you're going to the hospital, and then you're dying, then you're dead, then you're out of the game, you know, whatever game you were playing. Okay. You are so excited about this. Yeah, because you said <laughs> cherry poisoning, and I was like, oh my god, that's what my whole childhood was about. It actually happened. <laughs> Apparently, this is a thing. <laughs> this is a whole other episode we have to do now, is the dangers of cherries. <laughs> Man, I grew up in the cherry capital of the world, and I don't know about this stuff. You did? Yeah, that's what Traverse City is known for, is the cherries. cherries. We have a cherry festival every year. It's been canceled this year, which is super upsetting. Oh, no. um, but yeah, anyway, that's a whole that's a whole other discussion. Cherry poisoning um <laughs> cherry poisoning well I'll, I'll write it down i'll put it in our google <laughs> do that i'm excited to hear about it <laughs> for our next fruit themed episode or death themed episode one of the two <laughs> but um okay so yeah fernand died uh when he was 73 and jen was either 70 or 67 or 66 i didn't pay attention to the months enough to know for sure mm-hmm. but that's the general ballpark of where she was at um and then 20 years later in 1962 her brother francois died again he was 97 and jen was 87 which is so you know yeah this is getting pretty normal mm-hmm. right he was 97 years old yeah she was 87 of course she's gonna start losing losing family and stuff like that and then the next year so in 1962 she lost both her son-in-law joseph and her grandson frederick her grandson uh, even frederick. yeah he died in a car accident unfortunately oh wow yeah so the people youngest to her tended to to die like her daughter and her her grandson both had kind of early deaths which is really really unfortunate Mm. um so then you know we say what now so by 1960 the year is 1965 she is 90 years old and she has no heirs right Mm -hmm. and she has this nice apartment and everything like that right i don't know exactly what her her financial situation was like but basically she was contacted by a lawyer named andre francois uh refray who and he basically sets up a deal with her that they kind of called a reverse mortgage quote unquote Mm -hmm. so the deal was that he would pay her 2500 francs every month until she died and then he would inherit her apartment oh my so he's like (laughs) so he's like paying off his mortgage basically for this Mm -hmm. inheritance in advance but there was a lawyer and he was 40 and yes this is a lawyer Mm -hmm. And he's 47 years old at the time. So he's a 47-year-old man making this deal with a 90-year-old woman. It's a perfectly fine idea. Do you know (laughs) whether it really was 2,500 francs? That's what... uh, I can't remember if that was from the Guinness website or from Wikipedia. I think that's Um, an incredible... But I think it was... That was Guinness. Like, if... Guinness Book of World Records had that. If I... 
if I'm at the correct course of like, um, you know, converting it to euro, that's a hell lot of money to pay each month. I think, it, I mean, I'm assuming because her, you know, they kept talking about how rich her husband okay. was. I'm assuming it was a very nice apartment. Um, but we also have to think about, you know, um, this was still in the 60s. Mm, so inflation was probably very different and things like that. So I didn't want to go and deal with the... Yeah. Because... Deal with the conversion rates and, and everything like that. the value so. of money was probably quite different. Right. Yes, exactly. Um, so again, so he's 47 years old when he's making this deal and she's 90. But of course, she outlives him. Oh, she outlived uh, him. I just thought he made a really she bad outlived deal. Him. I just thought he No, nope. him- Refray, he died in 1995, 2 years before she did. So his oh family continued to make his pavements, <gasps> those those 2500 franc payments for the next 2 years, but by the time Jeanne died, they had paid more than double the value of her apartment. No. <laughs> So ultimately, it was not not the best. No, not um, the best deal. deal for them. No, but anyway. So yeah. So she continued living on her own in her apartment until she was a hundred and ten years old, without anyone else in the apartment. Without anyone else, yeah. By herself. Wow. Yeah, she had her she had her son Arlon and her and her grandson right next door for a long time, mm-hmm. but they died in the sixties. Um, so through the seventies and eighties, she lived on her own. And the only reason why she moved out was in the, um, the winter of 1985, I guess was quite cold. And she, she never used heating in her house because mm-hmm. I don't know, Southern France, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um, so her, I guess her, the pipes in her house froze and she got frostbite on her hands. Ouch. Um, so and that that was the last straw that got her to to finally move into a nursing home mm-hmm. uh and it was just a, a nursing home in Arles. so then she died on august 4th 1997 age of 122 years 164 days uh in that in that nursing home 122 that many yeah, candles don't right. even fit a cake <laughs> You know, uh, you just got to get a bigger cake. That's, that's, that's a good reason that's to get a bigger you, cake. Man. Yeah, that's a very good exactly. reason. It's big brain. Big brain time. <laughs> <laughs> um, but now, so of course, we got to get into the, the, the big question, which is how did she do it? What was her secret that got her to live so long, right? Mm-hmm. And surprisingly, a lot of people credit to the fact that she married very rich, so <laughs> she never had to work. She never had to. Work. That's an amazing reason. Wow. Wow. So she, her whole life, she lived a life of leisure, but not laziness. So she did a lot, but she just didn't have to work. She never worked? So, no. So she spent her time biking, uh, swimming, painting, hiking, hunting, playing the piano, playing tennis, roller skating. So she exercised a lot. Mm-hmm. And she got to do all these other fun things that kept her healthy and happy, uh, you know. And then she and she did those things for a long time. So she continued cycling until she was 100. Um, And she got she finally like fractured her leg or something. And she finally had to stop. And she took up fencing when she was 85 years old. (laughs) Oh, wow. (laughs) Imagine being 85 years old and just being like, oh, I'm just, I want to 
find something new. I'm just gonna fence. Like, <laughs> I'm just gonna um, fence. <laughs> I'm just gonna fence. She. So some other things is that she rubbed her skin with olive oil and puff powder every day. Every that day, was her, like self care. Every day, that was her self care technique. Um. Let's see. She smoked every day after dinner. From when she got married at the age of 21 until she was 117. That's when she finally quit. And she didn't even quit for the health of it. Um, She only quit because she couldn't light her cigarette on her own without help. Oh my god. That's just... Wow, I hope no no doctor is listening. That just destroys so many studies. You know, yeah, I mean, it's it's true. I mean, you'll hear about those grandparents, right? Who there are plenty of people, you know, because the the research is there and it's still very legit. But you'll still hear of those yeah, grandpas of like and grandmas this one who, person you know, and smoked and yeah, drank every day of their lives and still live to like ripe ripe old ages and everything like that. But it, it cracks me up. Um, as far as her diet goes, she apparently ate, had a lot of olive oil in her diet. Every day, she she ate fruit salads. Um, she drank a glass of wine every night with her cigarette and, um, I guess she really liked having coffee with milk and then rusks for breakfast. Mm -hmm. Rusks are like little bread things, I guess. And she, and she ate a ton of chocolate. Um, the favorite kind of statistic that's thrown around is that sometimes she'd eat like a kilogram of chocolate a week, (laughs) which is like over two pounds. It's like two pounds, three ounces, I think. (laughs) chocolate every week i guess everyone can just pick out what they want to and be like yeah i'm gonna eat chocolate now my whole life because i want to live a long and healthy life and other people can be like oh i'm gonna smoke i'm gonna just rub my skin in olive oil (laughs) oh the point is i think you had to do you gotta do maybe the exercise thing is probably the most Mm. important but you know if you want to just just narrow in on that whole cigarette a day thing and then call it good then sure (laughs) i think she even smoked twice a day like wow. she smoke after dinner and then again before she went to bed. But I'm so surprised that she still was able to do cycling until the age of hundred, even with the lungs of a smoker. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow, that's true. Um, and by the time you know she was in the nursing home, she was napping at least two hours every day. Um, she socialized with her fellow residents and she enjoyed listening to music. She also enjoyed doing crossword puzzles, but then her eyesight got, got mm. really bad, so she couldn't do that anymore. Um, she started her days in the nursing home at 6.45 a.m., followed by extended prayer and then exercise. Um, she'd do, I, I guess, but I'm assuming by the time she was um, in, a, in a wheelchair, she would do the exercises in her chair with, like, mm-hmm. her headphones on. Oh, It's just really cute to imagine. <laughs> Um, as far as her health goes, actually, she wasn't confined into a wheelchair and she, until she was almost 115 years old. Um, That's incredible. She, yeah. So, so apparently when she was young, she had incipient cataracts um, somehow because she had some sort of um, bout with, a, with a, a fever or illness of some kind. 
apparently there was a period of time when she was young when she had migraines and then when she was older she had a few injuries that resulted in like ankle injuries or leg fractures and stuff like that but overall i mean she was very very healthy uh, especially mentally she was clear as a bell very coherent mm. very clear up until the day she died wow yeah. so, so pretty pretty remarkable in a lot of different ways yeah, so the thing that i'm gonna pick out of your whole story is nap at least two hours a day and i'm gonna live a long and healthy life that's what i'm and chocolate maybe and chocolate <laughs> i'm gonna that's i'm gonna say um the exercising and arts like staying active with things to do arts as well. the chocolate and the napping i would agree those are my those are my favorites <laughs> top picks for how i'm gonna extend my lifespan <laughs> chocolate yes um but I actually do have I have one more thing to kind of talk about because there has been a controversy within the last few years as to whether Jeanne was actually a fraud or not. Really? Yes. So in either like January of 2019 or maybe this was like late 2018, there is a Russian man na by the name of uh, Nikolai Zak who was from the Moscow Center for Continuous Mathematical Education. Mm -hmm. And he released this, like, report basically arguing that Jen was a fraud and that she was actually Yvonne, Jen's daughter. His daughter. The one of the Russian guy. His... No, no, no. The uh, Jen, Jen, who was born in 1875, his idea was that oh, Jen the, the died in 1934 oh. of illness. And then Yvonne took her mother's identity to avoid inheritance taxes. I wonder... That's that's difficult. Like, I wonder whether people would speak up about that. You know, like, whether there would be anyone. But then the other... I don't know. So that's just the thing, right? So the idea is that if, if Jen, a.k.a. Yvonne, uh, was actually the thing, mm -hmm. then she would have only died at 99 instead of 122. Um, some of the evidence that he cited included the fact that she only lost about half an inch off her height by the time that she reached her hundreds, which is highly unusual. That's, like, well, well below. Like, usually you shrink a lot once you get that old. Mm -hmm. um, also, Jen's passport from the 1930s lists a different eye color than, I guess, she had listed later in life. Mm -hmm. um, and then he also kind of claims that there are some physical differences in her forehead and her chin that, I guess, he thinks more closely resembled Yvonne's. Um, and he thought there was a suspicious lack of family photographs and records coming from... Mm -hmm. Uh, Jen, even though, you know, Guinness kind of stresses how well documented overall her age is compared to a lot of, you know, because the whole point is that, of course, there have been other people who have been as old as her, but none of them have been as well documented as Jen has. Okay. The eye color is quite interesting, I think. Eye color is, is interesting, I agree. Um, but overall, I'd say, uh, I guess the general consensus is that scientists generally dismiss the claims because they're rather shaky evidence compared to all the evidence okay. that there is. Um, there's one man by the name of uh, Jean-Marie uh, Robin who specifically has like really advocated because he's a gerontology um, specialist. So meaning he, he studies age and aging. Right. So and he worked really closely with uh jen so when he interviewed like basically to try and verify and make sure that 
you know, she was legit. And so when he says when he interviewed her, he asked her things like the name of her math teacher and the name of the housekeepers in her home, which are things that her daughter wouldn't have known. And she answered them just fine. Um, and also he makes the point that the whole town of Arla would have had to been in on the ruse in order for absolutely no one to know that it was the mother who died and exactly. that the daughter took the identity and everything like that. Like it would have j- just the idea that the whole town, you know, as you pointed out, had to corroborate, mm-hmm. you know, in order for this to like make it this far would have just been like very, very unlikely. So overall, people generally dismiss it it's not like impossible so some people are kind of pushing to maybe exhume the bodies of jen and yvonne so then they can like maybe do some dna testing and other testing to try and verify for sure um but most people generally think that she was she was legit Mm -hmm. legit 122 years old there's a great article on the verge if you're really interested in this whole controversy thing that goes into kind of the evidence on both sides it's kind of like a conspiracy theory like it reminds me of those (laughs) it basically is it has the evidence of a conspiracy theory where it's like okay i can see why people would believe this but also like is it really enough to overturn (laughs) everything else not really you know um but i did i wanted to finish with kind of a more personal note and joanna you know this because i talk about her all the time but i have a great grandmother who's still living true yeah and she just celebrated her 112th birthday um, last week. Last week? So she is now. Yeah, last week. I remember week. it. She's an April baby. Her celebrating her birthday while you were in Japan. That's right. That was April. Yeah, and I was going around and I was like, my great-grandma's 111. Oh yes, and now um, now she is uh, technically the 115th or not 115th she's the 15th oldest person in the united states 15 known yes again well documented and known to be so yeah so i just i just wanted to talk about her a little bit just to please do because she's fun um so she was born in 1908 i can't remember what city but i think it was minnesota minnesota of the u.s um, her father was a mailman who delivered mail by horse and buggy. By horse? Oh. Um, yeah. She loved horses. Horses have always been, like, her big love. She loved riding horses. Um, it was a big thing for her birthday last year. Her nursing facility made sure to, like, bring in a horse so she could pet the horse and all this stuff, right? She loves horses. So it's her favorite thing. And that's one of the things that she'll almost always talk about. When you talk to her today, she'll bring up, bring up her horse. Um, let's see. She, had, I think she had five kids. Um, mm-hmm. I'm trying to think. Oh, she ate a lot of ice cream rather than chocolate. Ice cream was her big thing. She'd have like a a scoop or two of vanilla ice cream pretty much every night. Oh wow. Yeah. She also lived on her own until. Let's see. She lived. In independently until she was in her 90s somewhere in her 90s like she was still mowing her lawn until she was 90 things like that mm-hmm. and then i think want to say in her mid 90s she went into an independent living facility so she still lived alone and things like that but she had a few extra amenities and care and things like mm-hmm. that right um and then she finally entered assisted living i think probably around the time she was 108 or 109 um so just within the past few years 
And uh, when she's asked about things, well, let's see what, what things that she's we've noted is that she takes a lot of naps. She naps way more see? than two hours a day. She naps all the time. That's um, what I'm talking about. <laughs> she she always talks about eating three meals a day. That's her big thing. She's like, I eat breakfast every morning. Um, she drinks a lot of coffee. Not a smoker, though. Mm-hmm. Not at all a smoker, but she loves coffee. She apparently, when she washes herself, she scrubs really hard. One of the words that my grandma uses is that she scrubs herself like a coal miner. <laughs> <laughs> like she's got coal dust and grind on her skin. So she washes really well, washes often. Um, and she would take walks every day uh, for as long as she could. Aww. So, yeah. So you go, Erna. Erna's on. You go, Erna. She's a baller. Is she? Where does she live now? Like in which state or city? Uh, New Ulm, Minnesota. Oh, okay. A very, very German town. Actually. Really? Well, too bad I'm not German. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. But you would have the the language, That's true. I guess. Like yeah. lots of the the names and things like that. More. So. I love Germans, by the way. It's just I think sometimes it's like the the a joke or. Like, that Austrians and Germans don't really get along. Because it's the same, like, with, I, th- I think, British and Americans. But I really do like Germans. Right, I really yeah. love them. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> so no shade thrown here. We Just love a joke. our Germans. Oh, yes, we do. <laughs> we love our Germans. Uh, we'll be through. I don't remember how it goes. I don't even know that song. It's, um, it's from a musical called Bye Bye Birdie. You always sing songs from musicals it's so funny i never <laughs> i never knew that there was a musical where there was the name joanna in it and olivia made me watch it i think olivia and ellie my other american friend made me yes. watch it <laughs> joanna's talking about um freaking what's it called uh oh my god uh sweeney todd, sweeney todd. Ah, sweeney todd. yeah i couldn't yes. think of it now either because there's a character named joanna so there are a couple songs in which people are singing very beautifully about joanna and olivia used to yeah, be like so. i don't know what the one song was but something like but joanna was in it like the main part of the song was joanna oh beautiful joanna or something like that and olivia kept singing it and then she was like we have to watch it before you go back to austria <laughs> or back to europe basically and then we did yeah. we managed to watch i'm really it. glad to yeah it's not the kind of movie that i would have I watched by myself so i'm glad i had you guys to watch it with me uh <laughs> Soundtrack is baller though. Stephen Sondheim. It was really, I was really surprised, positively surprised. Right. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's it. That's it for me. I just wanted to give Erna a shout out. So that's all. Love you, great grandma. If you want to know about, if you want to know more about Erna, you can text us, at, not text us, but write us an email at aircastlespodcast at gmail.com. I'm sure Olivia will be happy to answer you. <laughs> so excited. Or you can tweet us at aircastlespod on Twitter. Yeah, I think that's. All of our plugs right there. I know. I always think that our plugs are going to take a lot longer. And then you just get it done like, bam, like that. Bam. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that is That's it. it. Comment, subscribe. That's it. Review. Comment, leave a review. Review. Rate the podcast. Rate. Share it. Follow. Whatever it's called. Yes. Share With it. With your friends. Please. And learn. Do a, do a good deed today. <laughs> do a good deed. And learn some German with Joanna because it's time. It's, it's yes. the time of the day again. Woo! So, Yay. age, numbers, German numbers. <laughs> There's a phrase in German where it's like, 
It's literally the numbers 0815. Like when you say the numbers 0815 in German in that order, it means so basic. Like it's 0815. It's literally 0815. And we're, and you're saying like something like that's so 0815. That's so basic. Like it couldn't get any more basic. I don't know why those numbers represent basic, but they do. So for example, if I order a pumpkin spice latte Ooh, from Starbucks. Good example. You would say, oh, that's so 0815. Exactly. I would be like, Olivia, that's so 0815. Like you can't get any more basic than that. <laughs> and you learn three different numbers in that saying. And you literally just write it as right. one big number. Like not like no no space in between, like 0815. Of course, it's German. Of course, spaces. yeah. Spaces aren't allowed. That's right, because if you would spell it out, you would also just <laughs> just put it together and be like, Nurat <laughs> Fünfzehn. Yeah, we love German. Wanna try try saying it? Yes. Okay. Yes. So, Nur is zero. N-U-L-L. Nur. 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 Acht. Eight. Acht. Yes, Nur acht. 15. Nur Axt. 15. Oh dear. Okay. 15. Yes. 15. 15. 15. That was pretty good. <laughs> okay, so Nur Axt 15. Yeah. Nur Axt 15. And Nur Axt 15. You technically know more than those four numbers because 15 is so in the german language first of all that's like the trickiest part of like learning numbers in german for example when you say 21 in in uh, english i just wanted to say in japanese what the hell <laughs> so when you say 21 in english the struggle is real you say 21 and in german you would say 1 and 20 and for example for 42 mm. you would say 2 and 40 and so for, for um, 15, 15 is actually 510. You literally say 510. 15. So 5 is 5 and 10 is 10. 10 is 10. Oh, and anyone wonders. And 15 is 15. Put together as one word. So if so, what? Zen? Is that it? Zen. Zen. Yeah. So Einzen is 11. No, that's like there are a couple of. Oh, yeah, sadly, sadly, it. it's it's the same with eleven and twelve. It's it's also like it's elf twelve or eleven and twelve, but thirteen is dreizehn, three ten. Okay. Dreizehn Then I would have looked all smart. No, sadly, it's you know I feel like eleven and twelve, it, it's it's the same in English. Like they're tricky in English. Like they're not the same. That's true. Before you get into the teens. Yeah. 13. And there are a couple of other ex exceptions as well, like where you kind of like leave two um, letters out or something like that, where you adapt it, you know. Um, right, yeah. But basically, mainly like. Yeah, that's, that, 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 those are the very basic basics of German numbers. <laughs> very interesting. Yeah. Norris Crimson. As easy as that. I hope. Our dear listeners learned something today, whether that was just our German thing, 
about the oldest person in France or the 15th <laughs> oldest person in the US or Korean age. We hope you're smarter today and you've become smarter basically. And yeah, we hope to see you soon, to hear from you soon, to read from you soon. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, tschüss and bis bald. Podcasting is all about <laughs> being able to redo our mistakes. <laughs> Only not really. Not really, but but to a certain extent. <laughs>